Yeah, hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the podcast. Um, I get to sit down with my good friend, Tom Trong. Um, we have an awesome discussion about some random stuff at first, like fishing and road trips and stuff like that with some tips thrown in. Um, but the podcast gets really good at about an hour in. Um, we just kind of start talking about being accountable and uh, getting through life and trying to make the most out of life that you, you can. And we also talk about a subject that I personally don't think is talked about as much, and that is college and navigating that way through college in a smart way. Um, I hope you guys like it. Even if you don't listen to the first half, listen to that second half because you know there's tons of advice in there for kids and people that are young that might need it when they're starting college or in college. Um, and anyways, I hope I can help some people out today. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Now we're going to start, actually. All right. Do I have to get off my phone? Oh, preferably. Yeah, that'd be nice. All right. <laughs> that'd be nice if, you know, we have your full undivided attention right now. Yeah. What if, uh, what if the girls hit me up? Well, then they're going to have to wait just like they normally would. Sorry, ladies. Sorry, ladies. Got to wait around. You were just telling me about a story about this one girl with her car. Which story? Oh, the BMW I, I think I think the world needs to know that story because that's hysterical. All right. She's going to remain nameless, but she's going to know we're talking about her right now. All right, cool. We're definitely I'll make sure she sees this. That's fine. Um, I definitely won't. Yeah, we need to talk about it. Cause that's so, how do you want me to start, man? How do you tell me this BMW story. Go. All right. So my friend here, she's from California, a little white girl. She drives a BMW. We all know them BMW drivers, right? Well, she was having a problem with her car, and a little light comes on. So the yellow light comes on her dash. And it's real funny. I'm the first person she asks. This is the middle of the night for me. It's like. I think it's like 2, 3 a.m. She's asking me why her light's coming on. And, like, I knew that I had to do something with her lighting. I just didn't know which light. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's going to be funny. I'm going to tell her her blinker fluid's missing. You know, she's out of <laughs> blinker fluid. I love it. So, so I mean, funny. it was awesome because I told her she needed blinker fluid. And then she's, she's asked me if it's going to be okay. I'm telling her she just needs to fill her blinker fluid, and she's she's got it covered. And she totally bought into the blinker fluid, blinker fluid situation, <laughs> I can't believe man. That. So I should have sent her like a coupon or something for some blinker fluid. There's go got to be coupons for blinker fluid. There better I wonder be. if there are any coupons for blinker fluid. People need to make coupons blinker for blinker fluid, fluid blinker. for times like that. Blinker fluid prank. That's the first thing that comes <laughs> up. Look, that video says how to how to check your blinker fluid. That's what you should have sent her. Oh, oh my god. god, that would have been perfect. That's hilarious. <laughs> just put a straw in it. Oh That's god. hilarious, man. Blinker. Dude, ah, girls with cars, man. There are just very few girls that I've seen, even remotely, have any idea what's going on with a car. I know, and it's. No, it's, I'll be. I'll be. I'm not the most car savvy person, but I know the basics. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I mean, know the basics of what needs to be done and to maintain a vehicle. That's, you know, that's very fair. I mean, like, at school, I got, I know a lot of people at school, and, like, I ask them sometimes, like, do you even know how to change your tire, you know? Like, what happens if you get a flat on the highway? Are you going to be able to get home that night? And it's like, a lot of people don't. And it's it's really something good you should learn, because you never know, like, what situation you can be in. Like, you should be able to at least change your tire in an emergency, you know? Yeah, I mean, that takes in, like, 
just like we were talking about earlier about like fishing i was like i need to learn to fish because i know i just in case i'm ever in a situation yeah. where i need food like i can't you can't get comfortable and like rely on other people or the you know the world around you to just be safe like you've got to take some accountability into your own life at least that's the way i look at it like with the car with the food like with whatever like it just hit me the other day i was like damn like i don't know how to fish i live right fucking <laughs> next to the water like and i and i i know like the basis i used to do it but it's been forever so i'm like i gotta know more i gotta learn at least like what is going on with that um in aspects yeah and i think like with everything like if you consider fishing it's like there's lots of in-depth things, but there's also very, very basic things that it's kind of part of life that you should really just know just in case you ever needed that skill. And that, that goes with everything, you know. And I think it's, like, important to be able to do things like that because then you're more self-sufficient and you can do things on your own. You don't have yeah, to rely You're less self-reliant. Yeah. That's the way I see it. You're less dependent on a person or a thing or something to supply like that's just a general with life you kind of got to be a little bit in, you got to be pretty independent yeah yeah like everything gets south when you get too dependent on one thing or another you get too dependent on an income you get too comfy then shit hits the fan now you're losing money or what you know whatever you never know when i mean shit hits the fan i mean like you lose your job now you're you know you should always have something going on where you're a little bit more dependent on yourself than relying on other people and so yeah, for sure, man. I mean, you turn the mic a little bit closer to you. Sorry. Closer? You want it closer? I can barely hear. It's just close enough. That's not close. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like, I think personally, I think if you live in Florida, you better know how to fish. That's there's water everywhere, man. You you got to know how to fish. There's water everywhere. There's water. Genius way look at it. We got water all there's over. Seventy five percent. How much is the world? How much water covers the world? Seventy five percent. Seventy five, seventy six percent. I think we gotta figure that out. Somewhere right We're around look there. Seventy five percent. Earth is what dude. People are wondering every day. Seventy-one percent. Damn. Okay. It's not bad. You know. Seventy-one percent. Ninety-six point five percent of it is all ocean water. Yeah. So important lesson: learn how to fish. For sure. It's kind of funny though, because like the fact that ninety-six percent of that seventy-one percent is salt water. Yeah. Like, who designed that? Who? who who designed that? Who was like, let's put all the water. They're gonna need it. They're gonna need water to live here. But let's just like make most of it undrinkable. <laughs> let's just make, just make the largest percentage of it undrinkable. <laughs> just to fuck with them. See if they can survive. We'll figure it out eventually. I'm not dead yet. They're not dead yet. No, we're like one big experiment on this little mm -hmm. ball of rock melted going through the universe right now. Yeah. We're just trying to test out how how can people survive. <laughs> In what environment will people not survive? And now our ancestors were put on this one, and then we've just made it work. And they're like, damn, they survived with 96.5% <laughs> salt water. They're like, all right. You know, the, the guy in the laboratory goes, all right, they survived. Check. Next next planet, let's bump it up to 97. Let's see if they can survive. <laughs> let's, make the, let's make the fresh water shorter and shorter. Oh, man. Uh, you know, there's definitely things that can filter out salt water, I think. We do have that now. I think we do. I believe you're right. Some advanced technology, man. It's probably aliens. Probably not even ours. Same people that put us here, giving us that same tech. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, it's probably pretty basic stuff, but. I know they have like little solar things because, like, when people get 
when like a boat goes down, it's in like the survival kit of, of the life rafts where you can capture salt water and it goes through some diluting processing and becomes fresh water. Mm-hmm. And they have another one where like you, they had these for a while where it's like a floaty thing and you can put it in the water and it floats behind the boat or next to it and it takes in sunlight and takes in, I don't know how it works, but it basically just makes condensation. So you're not getting like a ton of water, but you're getting some, like enough yeah. to like. Quench. I don't know if you'd want to drink that, man. That's hot water. I mean, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do when you're out there and the shipwrecks going down and all that. Well, they make those, uh, what is it called? I think it's called a life straw. It's got like a carbon filter in it. You can drink it okay. right out of whatever, you know. Life straw. So, But like who the hell is carrying the straw? In the well, people who go like hiking or hunting and stuff when they're in the woods. You can drink pond water with a life straw. Right, but I'm talking, we're talking about when a cruise, like a ship goes down. You're right. Okay, okay. For, if we're going into the woods and shit, like that's perfect. That's beautiful. But how many people are going on a cruise ship and then just bring in their water filter straw with them? Well, bro, you pay a lot of money for a cruise. It better have fresh water on it. What kind of cruise doesn't have water? Drink the toilet the boat water went if you down. Have to. The boat went down. It's, the, it's a shipwreck. You're on the life out. You're on the right boat. That's what we're talking about. I mean, and, you're, and you're coming out going, well, I would have my life straw on me. Probably not. I, I wouldn't pack one if I was going on vacation on a cruise because I'm not expecting that to happen. And that is the whole point I'm making. All right. That's fair. You know, that's fair. <laughs> now, now, they should have this in the life raft. They should easily have these things in the life raft. So 20 bucks. Put it in the life raft. Let people start sucking up salt water. I mean... How bad can it be? You know, honestly, I saw a review on this. I don't know how good they are because I saw some four and people. a half. I don't know, man. I was Life watching um, reviews. I was watching this show and they're like do like all these reviews on like survival items, right? And uh, they're doing it, and that water, they were sucking out like some mud water, and it was brown still, man. After it was filtered, it was still brown. Yeah, I can't imagine it being that, that was, good. I think that you have to have some level of like. Oh, the pond looks clean or something. Um, okay. The importance of water. Love how it tells us all that. All right, we're not going to find what we need here. We're not going to find what we need. Forget this. Get out of this. But, um, no, I think you should put those on the boats. Why not? Yeah, why not? Oh, that makes sense. Nice. Like a survival kit. What would be in your ideal survival kit? Um, I guess it would depend on the trip that you're taking. So I they mean, are like, dropping if, you off in the woods. Okay. You get to pick. You get to pick what you have in your backpack. Okay. Standard backpack. How much? How much things? How many things? Whatever you can fit in it. All right. Um, but it's a standard like, backpack. What about like on my body? Like, what if I like typically carry like a knife you're or given, a firearm? You're or, given a belt. It has to fit in the backpack. You can pull it out to loose in the backpack, but it has to all fit in the backpack. All right. And you're wearing fucking jeans with a belt and a shirt. And okay. I'll, I'll even I'll give you a jacket. All right, cool. So I'm definitely gonna be thinking like maybe like some sort of um, blanket, like one of those survival blankets, you know, like the fire blanket. Okay. Right. Okay. That that probably has multiple uses. Where like if you needed to make Shelter. Like shelter, a tent, whatever. Like you can use that. That'd be really easy to do. Or like if it's cold, depending on where you are, you can cover up. If you get wet, you can cover up while your clothes dry. 
whatever the case is definitely need something like that um i'd probably have like some sort of container that can hold water or like hold food or whatever the case is in a somewhat sterile environment right um i'd probably go with like matches yeah something fire starter matches um maybe not necessarily any tinder but tinder like you can get like steel wool in a very small package right that'd cheap. be good um i'd probably go with something i can hunt with so either like maybe a small handgun and a knife and that's probably like the bulk of your backpack i mean yeah. if you're thinking about survival items like that's yeah you gotta pick you know, your top you gotta, you gotta narrow like it down a box of ammo whatever the case to go is. in your pistol yeah yeah I mean that's I mean that probably doesn't fill up your entire bag because I can fill a lot of shit in a bag, but that's you know. bare minimum that you need. Yeah, you definitely would need some type of fire starter, whether it be like one of those rock things yeah. or I don't know what they're called. I forget what they're. But called. I know the steel wool would be good too. I was thinking a hatchet over a knife. I don't know why I feel like that'd be more practical because you could use it for. I just remember growing up and reading that book, The Hatchet, <laughs> <laughs> and the kid survived with a hatchet for like yeah. X amount of times in the woods, and I'm. Like reading the book, I think I could be a commander for the hatchet myself in that case. Yeah. If he could do it, I could do it. Well, I mean, like you can use like, I know like you can use like a fixed blade knife, which they're way yeah. stronger, right? Because the blade goes all the way through the handle mm -hmm. and it's all one piece of metal. So like something like that, you can easily cut like at least decent sized branches, probably like two inches in diameter. You can probably take down a tree pretty quick. A whole if, tree? If you're smart. With a knife? Yeah, like a two-inch tree. Two, yeah. If you got like a like a six-inch. Imagine knife, like this giant oak tree. Know, and I'm like, like, bro, you are you're that's some balls. You're so really like, camping with that tree. Yeah, well, I mean, like if you think about it, like in my fishing bag, I keep an eight-inch knife, fixed blade knife. Okay. So like I can you can do a lot with the, you know, and my my knife has a whole survival kit in the handle. So like it you untwist the back of it, the bottom of it, and it's got like a compass. It's got matches. It's got like fishing line. It's got hooks. It's got like all sorts of like small things that you think would mm -hmm. fit in there, you know. So like you got to think like now, a lot of things that are made have that possibility of concealing things inside other things to save space somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I have a knife that I used to carry in my remember the big knife I used to have in my truck, mm -hmm. and I would put the bottom of it could unscrew and you could put other stuff in there. And I, yeah. I actually had like matches and stuff in there. They yeah. came with it actually. So I was like, all right, I'll leave them in there because it's useful. And then the bottom of it opened up and it was a compass too. That's useful just in case you never know yeah. where, which way you're trying to fucking go. I know like they're starting to design knives where like the handle comes off and there's like a little hidden compartment inside where it's big enough to fit like a couple matches and some steel wool. So, I mean, there's a lot of cool things, you know, like, in reality, you can bring a lot of stuff with you right now. Like, if I knew I was going to get dropped off in the woods in the next few hours, I'd probably be okay. I think I'd be good, too. I think I'd be okay, for sure. I think the worst thing that would happen would be, like, the hunger in the event that I wasn't able to catch them. Yeah. I feel like that's the worst-case scenario would just be hunger. Mm -hmm. I feel like you also, like, when you get hungry-hungry, well, we really don't have room to speak on, like, how hungry we get, but, like, I feel like on a day, if I don't eat, I almost don't even notice it. Sometimes you yeah. notice it at first, and then after like an hour or two, you're like, "I'm just hungry." And then if I get food, I get food. See, now I think that depends on what you're doing because in in a 
when you're trying to yeah, survive in the yeah, woods, you you're, might, you're you're might just, only be thinking about food. That's then. probably what you're thinking is like, I got to get, get food my next meal. and I got to, I got to find a place to sleep. Like that's like yeah. the two things that you're probably thinking of. And you're probably thinking of water too. I guess it depends on who you are, but like, I mean, if you're going out on a hike, you're probably not expecting that. But like if you're expecting right. to have to survive, it's probably, probably a different mindset. Minds, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Like when I went on a hike, it was like, we got done and it was like, all right, let's go get food. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like a, I'm starving. Like we're never going to, where's the next meal coming from type of adrenaline and nothing. And it was just like, all right, we're done. We got an hour drive. We'll just, I'll just mm-hmm. go meet at this restaurant and just eat some food. And yeah. sure enough, just fucking chow down on some fucking burgers and shit. But, um, I love hiking. I love hiking. You got any hiking any mountains or anything? Um, I haven't been like very recently, but I've been over to like Arizona, up in the mountains there, Tennessee. You know, I love Tennessee. Arizona is always funny to me because I think everyone, I used to think of it as desert for the longest time. And it wasn't until like two years ago was it like, oh no, no there's mountains there too. Like you can go skiing and stuff mm-hmm. in the northern part of Arizona. And it never dawned on me until then, at that point, when someone else said it, I was like, oh, yeah, the, the Rockies are right, like, right there. Yeah. And I always thought of Arizona as just desert, just flat desert, freaking unbearable. I would never want to live in a desert. Yeah, well, if I had to pick one climate, that would be it. I wouldn't want to live in a desert. Arizona's probably nice to be on vacation, but I don't know if I'd want to live there, necessarily. Um, I mean, I've been there a couple of times, but it was probably, like, seven eight years ago so it's been a while since i've been to arizona it's i've never actually been myself but i'm down to go like i said now that i know it's more than just mountains i'm like all right i'm kind of in like i want to check this out see what it's like i mean i'm sorry when it's more than just desert yeah check it out i don't know that'd be the worst environment for me to live in though i think the desert yeah maybe we gotta go to tennessee again bro that was fun we gotta go to smoky this time go to yeah we where where did we stop we went nashville and did, did we go out in Nashville? I can't remember. I think, we did. Yeah, we did. We, we did. We went out one night. One night. Broadway. And then, yeah, we left that same night, though. We didn't stay there very long at all. We didn't sleep there? We just left? We just stopped and left? I'm pretty sure because we went all the way up to Wisconsin when we went. No, I know that. Uh, so we did a road trip like two, I don't know, three years ago. Three I think, years I think ago. Three years that we went from Florida to the Blue Ridge Mountains, which is part of the Smoky Mountains uh, north at, north of Georgia. Oh, that's where we stayed. We did stay there. We stayed there. We did. That's when we left middle of the night, though. We left at like 3 a.m. We left yeah. the mountains at 3 a.m. and we drove. Oh, yeah, we did drive straight through to um, Illinois. We yeah. went up to Chicago. We messed around Chicago for, what, like a week? Did city, did the lake lake geneva mm. if you haven't seen lake geneva area it's a beautiful area people yep and then we drove around lake michigan and did um we did michigan back we and did forth. the west side of michigan did those silver sand dunes yep that was, that was actually cool i never knew that shit existed we went to the sand dunes. that was, was cool that was fun. really cool i'm not gonna lie we went to the casino we went to the casino of course had to hit the casinos Fucking addiction over there. Uh, hey, I don't know who you're talking about. Is there a guy behind me? No, no, no. We're talking directly to you. Uh-oh. Right there, that man in the camera <laughs> smiling. It's um That was fun though. The casinos were fun. And then we did Detroit. Yep. And flew home. Yep, we did we went back and forth actually in Michigan. Well when we were in Illinois, 
we went to Country Thunder that year. Right? So <laughs> that, that was, was 2017. Uh, yeah, it was summer 17. Yep. And then we were there at Country Thunder. And then after we did that whole trip on that side, that's when we drove back around to Michigan. And we were in Grand Rapids. Or we were on that, we're on that the, side. The west side of Michigan, yeah. like right on the lake. And then there was one night where we drove over to Detroit. Yes. And then we went to like the parks and stuff on the on the river. Yep. Yep. Right? Remember all that. We, and then we went all the way back over to the west side again. Oh, we just went to Alma. No, we went we went back and forth a couple times, man. I don't remember that. So I remember I remember with you was the one that I did a couple times back and forth. Which was super fun. I mean yeah, Michigan it was, was it was a lot of driving. But, but I it was think, fun. I think we had a great time. I, it's just fun, like the road trip mentality. Like everyone's just, I mean, we only did me and you. I've done it also with I'm in a group of four mm-hmm. people and we're all in the car and it's like, we're just all in this together. We're just, we're just having a good time. Like we just take shifts driving, someone else is driving and we're all cracking jokes. We're listening to comedy specials. We're listening to music. We're like, two guys are up, two guys are sleeping. We're making fun of the two in the bag that are sleeping. Like it's yeah. just fun as fuck. Like there were times where you were passing out and I was cracking up. You were just out. And there's times where I was out and I'm sure you were like, this motherfucker out like a light right now. Doesn't even know we're going 80 down the highway. Like yeah. one semi truck comes over, it's done. Yeah. But like you're just out in the car, just, just snoring away. But I remember that. I do remember though, what I remembered specifically from our time going was we took the Indiana route up um, to get up to Illinois. And it was god awful. Yeah, I remember that was. Oh, it was maddening. <laughs> so if you guys are ever driving, do not take. I don't know, remember what road it is, but there's a route north through Indiana. Um, tended to say sixty five. Uh, yeah, I think you're I right. I think it's sixty five. I think it's um, but it is. Um, it was. It's so much trucking traffic during the. Um. We're gonna look up I sixty five. There's so much trucking traffic through the freaking state of Indiana that it's just we we kept hitting like walls of eight trucks and one truck's in our lane and it's two lane highways and you're trying to the one truck's coming at each other and there's eight in this side and there's one here and you're waiting behind this one so you can pass all other eight just to get over. And then you have like a brief like minute to like 10 minutes of like you can go 100 again <laughs> yeah. and then you hit another yeah, wall another of eight trucks, trucks and you're going and you're going no faster than 65 there there was no one was moving so fast. were you with me that year where they had like the i don't remember where they were but there it was like six trucks across the highway and they had the yellow lights on and they were like stopping the flow of traffic they're all driving the same speed oh my god and like completely i believe that off. was us it was horrible it was awful because we had to follow them for like Almost, ever. Yeah, it was like we followed them for like ever. over an hour, easily over an yeah. hour at like 40 and, miles an hour. And it's not like it's an issue going 40, but when you're in the road, when you're in the car for as long as you are, eight hours, six hours a day before, and the high and the speed is 65, 75, you're like, God, why are we, like, why is it going so yeah. slow? And it was like only <laughs> us, too, that were behind them. So, like, we didn't know what was going on, but they had like the exits blocked off and they're just driving along just... just Ugh, it was like horrible. something was going on it didn't make any sense yeah so there's what we're talking about is that we took from nashville we took up 65 i think this way no, it was no we, probably, we probably went through louisville and then up through 65 up to indy and then up into the chicago area yeah, that looks right oh no man i've done that drive so many times it just sucks 
Yeah, I'm trying to think what else, what other place that we drive through. I don't know. I thought it was Ohio. There's Ohio. I've driven up to Ohio twice. I've done too many road trips. I've done too, way too many road trips. <clears throat> you drive a lot too. I do. I do drive a lot. So yeah. I drive 1,300 miles there every year. And then Let's get back up to Michigan. And then obviously back at some point. Um, but I always detour a little bit depending on who I'm with and what I want to do. So usually, usually when I'm going up there, it's usually a straight shot. Right. Because I work obviously up until the day I have to leave. Yeah. So I give I give myself a couple of days before I get a report at school and whatever, and then uh so and I just head up and I just get it done like that. But on my way back, I like to take some time off and you know just kind of just like relax and like see things. So I've done I've done pretty much everything from Alabama east, mm -hmm. right, and then Wisconsin down. Yeah, so it's 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 fun to make pit stops. I did it once where we drove straight through to Chicago, and I remember on the way back, so I like drove straight through all the way up. Fine, no problem. I would take shifts. We're doing fine. Then we spent about a week in Chicago, and then we decided to come home, and we were like, ah, you know, we'll just drive straight through again. Like, why not? And I remember we just got to like Alabama's last five hours of the drive, and we were like. We were just beat. We were we were because we obviously we went out and uh, the reason we went to Chicago was for a festival. So we like we drove twenty four hours, drove thirty six hours, partied for three days, chilled for two in the city, went in out to the lake. But then we drove down the thirty six hours, and by the end of the five, by the last five, we just pulled off somewhere in Alabama. I don't even remember where, and we just parked at a gas station, and we all just clocked out because I was I was my shift to drive. I remember I'm driving and I'm like dozing off a little bit and I'm like, I, I can't keep going, I can't keep going. And then all of a sudden one time I, I just, I just <laughs> remember I went over like a full lane. I heard a, I was in the middle lane. I went all the way over to the end of the lane. I heard a, and I woke up and I was like, we're pulling off the next exit. And I just went to the next exit and the guys were so tired. They were like, what's going on? I was like, I almost killed us. We're, we're, we're going to sleep. And they're like, all right. And then we just boop, clocked out and uh, hour, hour and a half later, woke up and drove the rest of the way. But it was, oof, it could have been bad. See, like, I think that's the weird thing is because when you're like that close where you're like four or five hours away from where you need to be, it's like, you're so tired at that point, you know, that all you want to do is stop. But at the same time, you're so close after like, say like, if you take, 18 20 hour drive yeah you're you're at such a far part of your drive yep. that like yours like like holy shit i'm almost done like i i want to get this done and i have that problem every single time because usually when i come down from michigan i stop in atlanta and i get food that's usually my mm -hmm. go-to stop well by the time i get out of valdosta which is south georgia yeah, yeah in, yep, yep. into the the florida borderline right once I get there, it's like I'm there in the middle of the night, and it's usually like 2, 3 in the morning, and I should be home by like 7, 8 a.m., you know? But then, like, for some reason, like, being in Florida is nice, and, like, I want to get that drive done, but, man, I'm just, like, absolutely exhausted at that point. Like, I do half the drives by myself usually because it's hard to get somebody to be yeah. able to take off for four days, fly up to Michigan, and then drive down or vice versa i gotta right. fly them home from michigan whatever the deal is but you know it's easy to do with somebody so if you're doing a road trip that long if you're like going to school you go to school out of state whatever find somebody you like being around 
you make it makes a fun time. time. It, it did. Does. It, it was does. a very fun trip. I remember it was a good time. We and we we broke it up pretty well. We did like five days in Chicago before we drove, and we only drove six hours to get to where we were going in Michigan. So it wasn't like we were yeah. having to drive another twelve again or yeah. something like that. Um, so we we broke it up well. That's that's the, that's the other big advice I have for anybody that's on road trips is like break it up. Like you want to push through and just go all the way. And sometimes you can. I would say, truth be told, I feel like twelve hours is that max where you should just drive straight through mm-hmm. in any group. I think that's a good middle way. Like all right, we'll drive twelve. And then we'll drive the next eight. Uh, and we did that once too for for Chicago. We did another trip and we drove to Nashville, 12 hours from where we are here. Got to Nashville, went out, got dinner, you know, saw the city. Then we just slept, woke up the next day. And all we had to do was eight hours. It was done. And that wasn't bad at all. But yeah, the, that breaking it up makes it a lot easier. It, yeah. It's time consuming, yes. But breaking it up makes it a lot easier. I've done way too many all straight throughs where it's like, Oh God, you're just like dead by the end of it. You know, I'd done through two other straight throughs to Ohio, did some festival there, uh, and just 14 hours there, 14 hours back. And all we did was drive straight through, stop for food yeah. here and there, drive straight through, take turns, to try, get there, go to the festival for four days, leave the festival at 8 a.m. on the, when it's over mm-hmm. and drive 14 hours back. And by the end of that weekend, you're in bed, you're just getting home and you're like, I just want to shower. I just want to go to bed. And you should get that nice water on you, and then you just go lay in bed, you crawl in, you're boom, you're out. You're out for the next 12. There's nothing like coming home after and just passing out in your own bed, though. I will say that. I've never been in, I never got into that until I started doing more road trips. It was like, oh, my bed is comfy. My bed is comfy. I think with ours, though, we had almost two full weeks of our trip. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we so took we took a long time. It was we took a long time, and we had a lot of rest in between. So like, I mean, we we basically took a vacation. Oh, we did. Cause I remember because I you met me in Georgia. You drove. I was already in Georgia in the mountains for yeah. two days, and I was like, "You can meet me here at the cabin, and we'll leave the next morning." Mm-hmm. And you drove up by yourself to that, and then we woke up and did the maybe I think it was twelve hours from where we were to Chicago, and then we just. Chilled in Chicago for five days. We did what? Two in the city, two out in the country. When's that? We decided to go to Country Thunder last minute. Yeah. Dude, that fucking festival. First off, I talk about all types of festivals on this podcast, but, and that, that wasn't the route I was intending to go. But country festivals are just a different breed. Yeah. And I and I loved country music before I got into EDM and all that. But country music and country festivals are just different. They're not bad. I don't mean that in a bad way. Because we had a lot of fun that night. I had so much fun. And we met the, we coolest, met the coolest people. people. I still talk to them. You do? I, do. I haven't, met, I haven't I do hit them up to in, them a every minute. Once in a while. What's the guy? Matt, right? Yeah, Matt. Matt. I remember him with the cowboy hat. But that, it was one of the funnest things ever. Because we, so for those who don't know the story, I don't, I don't think I've ever actually talked about it on here. But we were up there and we find out Country Thunder is going on the whole weekend we're there. We talked about going in all three days, but we decided not we to. Did. Well, we were talking about, well, we. We knew before the trip, and we talked about going there and hanging out at the tailgate. We never, right, we, we never, never wanted decided to, get, to actually go, to go into the festival. We were going to buy the parking pass. Oh, that, that's right, because do I was doing stuff. I was doing stuff with the truck company at mm-hmm. the time, and so it was easy. It was like twenty five bucks buy a parking pass, we can get into tailgate. So I was like, all right, let's do it, yeah. and we'll just hang hang out and tailgate and have a good time. Yeah, we were handing out stickers to people. We were handing out decals and doing stuff for that truck company, and then we decided on our way in like let's just see how much we can get tickets for 
Yeah, and then there was that and then guy. There's two guys on the side of the road. There's two guys on the side of the road selling these wristbands, and of course, we're, running, we're like, "Fuck it, pull over." So we pull over. How much? And we haggled them down. I know to sixty, right? Yeah, it was like sixty for sixty bucks and for the ticket. For the rest of the weekend. Which was only was one like, day, but still. Was it? I thought it was two days. It was that night and then the day after. Well, yes, but the festival was over that night. Yeah, so it was okay. like you could stay you. and sleep, you. but you couldn't. There was nothing going on the next day. Yeah. And so we buy those tickets. I remember both of us were like, wow, oh, these better not be fake. Like These better not be fake fucking yeah. bracelets. We're fucked. And we go in and we tailgate. Um we passed out decals and we met that one group all from Kentucky mm -hmm. and we gave them decals and they were like, well, you know, if you want to hang out, you're here from Florida, yeah. you don't know anybody, come on back. We're like, all right, we got to do some more rounds. Then we hung out with them. I got videos of like people on top. They, so people were bringing like U-Hauls out there. Yeah. I remember like and there like were people on top buses. of the U-Hauls, school buses. Like it was, it was as hick and country as it could get, but it, it was, was awesome. Very cool. And they had like speakers on top of their freaking U-Haul and like just blaring music. And um, who did we see that night? Jason Aldean. Jason I think. Aldean and Big and Rich were the two bigger names. Yeah, I remember it was. It had rained the whole weekend. Oh, dude! It was it was so muddy, so muddy, and we did not have boots. I didn't. You did. You did. I didn't have boots. Brand new Tim's, my limited edition Tim's. Oh my god! I had brand new five hundred dollar Timberland boots, bro, and they were absolutely ruined. I still wear them to this day. By the way, I have that pair of Under Armour shoes still. I use them as my like my my fucked up like don't give a fuck shoes. Yeah. And I remember I was, oh my god, it was so muddy. My shoes were drenched in mud. Oh, it was awful, man. You couldn't even tell who people were at one point. Oh, we had, and then that was that was what was. <laughs> One girl in the group like kept falling in the mud. Yeah, and she the was little, the, the little, little girl. Hispanic yeah, yep. and she was just like covered in it, and she kept trying to give people hugs. Yeah, I remember being like, "Do not touch me right now! Like, I don't want to be that muddy. Like, we have to go home and and leave after this." And um, we ended up staying with them till like two or three in the morning. It was late. I remember that. I remember the after party was ridiculous. That's the story I tell about the festival. They told they warned us. They were like gets wild last night at the festival because everyone like brings shit and they want to get rid of it and blah 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 they and he was like things on fire they were ca lighting couches on fire yeah. they were blowing, blowing up, up porta, -potties. porta potties it was like <laughs> what is going on people are like doing mud races and mud um like towing competitions in the mud it was, we, it was the crazy. the minivan got the oh my god that was the funny part was these girls the minivan took, that we were pulling out <laughs> these girls like it wasn't raining when they, that morning but it had rained the other days, but they took a minivan to come to this tailgate. And for, for the festival itself, it's in like a cow pasture. So it's really like they just move the cows out of this this field. They prop up a stage. They prop up like a Ferris wheel and some, and some fucking food vendors. And then everyone else just camps around it. And these girls brought their minivan to the festival. <laughs> that was a bad idea. That and it rained more and it got more muddy. And at the end of the night, they were like already sunk in the mud. And they were trying to get out where all these trucks have been tearing up like divots in the mud. And I just remember them being stuck in it. I remember we pulled like the bumper off of the car. Yep. There was no bumper. And the left. only way they got out was a tractor. Someone with a tractor came and got them out. And he was like charged them like 120 bucks. Oh, dude. They were charging a ridiculous amount to get pulled out. They were, they were made. It was insane. The guy said he made at least five grand that night. Yeah. By towing people it with his tractor. And like the crazy thing is like 
the people that were getting stuck, it wasn't even like the cars that you would expect to get stuck. There was like some big ass trucks getting stuck. E- too. Everyone was and getting it stuck. It was just awful. It didn't matter who you were. Like you were, you were getting stuck at some point. You better had a buddy to pull you out, or, or something. You're paying the hundred fifty dollars yeah. to get pulled out by the tractor. It was but one of the two. That guy was just making rounds, pulling out cars, and it was insane. It was. It was. I remember the the couch they lit propane. The propane tank they put in the couch. Do you not remember that? I do. I do. I just remember we walked up and they were like, or we saw everyone like running away from this couch. And they were like, oh, they're starting to let them like catch them on fire. Everyone's getting excited. Like, yeah, the fucking party's starting. And we're standing there with the guy and behind nothing, like out in the open, yeah. like maybe 25 feet away from this couch, thinking all they're doing is lighting on a fire. It's a bonfire. And he goes, this guy's drinking his hand. He goes, yep, there's a propane tank in there. And we're like, we're just standing next to him. We're like, what? And he's like, yeah, we put a propane tank in the couch. We're just going to wait until it catches on fire. And I was like, oh, my God. We just immediately, like, everyone was like, run. Like, like no one knew but that guy. And we all just ran and took cover. And then it, it didn't explode. They got it out or something. But I remember that. And we were all just like, excuse me? Like, yeah, you just put the tank. There's, there's, like, honestly, other than it being, like, technically, I guess, a private event where you got to pay to get in. Honestly, none of that shit should be illegal anyway. There were no laws. Because that is, that is just absolutely absurd. There is so many people and so much dangerous things going on at that festival. It was just like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, that shit was fun. It was. I had a great time. That was my first time seeing Jason Aldean. Yeah, you know, me as well. That was mm-hmm. my first time at any music festival at all. Making a country festival was even better for me. And it was just like... The experience was so cool, but, like, when you think back on it, it's like, holy shit, like, the stuff that was going on was insane. Uh, freaking re- retardedly crazy. Yeah. And we were drinking, so we didn't even care. It was like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. We I remember, and I remember the, um, at one point, the firemen had, like, apparently there was too much for them to come put out that couch. There was, like, just so, <laughs> like, so many porta potties and other stuff on fire, and it was just oh my god. Which funny is like the porta potties on fire was disgusting. Yeah. Like just, oh, just. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. Could you imagine if it exploded? There'd just be shit everywhere. I mean, like you wouldn't know because there's so much mud on you. But like, if shit just came flying across the parking lot and hit you, that'd be disgusting. That's like a health hazard for sure. A lot of pink eye cases. That <laughs> That's somebody's feces hitting oh, you like hundred miles an hour. And dude. that was the icing on the cake. Was the Walgreens like near it? We knew someone that worked there, and they knew like the manager, and they had you know it like all the facts and all that. And yeah. They like completely ran out of Plan B and all that. <laughs> like that weekend, it was just like one massive, ridiculous, just ugh. It, it was just an insane <laughs> experience. It's just like it's just like one giant. Redneck party, really. It was. It, I had not been to a festival like that before. I had been to Tortuga Music Festival, which is country on the beach, and that was fun. This was a whole nother level of fun. It was yeah, just this? ridiculous. Like everyone's just, everyone's on the same level of getting country, getting rowdy, really. That was up in the sticks, though, bro. It's not. Florida. It was in the middle of nowhere. That, that's up in the sticks. Yeah, that was that was Wisconsin, Box, uh, Wisconsin, Illinois border near like Box Lake area. I don't know where they actually put it. Um, let's see if we can. Oh my god, I can't even spell right now. <laughs> I should do this. Boom. Now y'all know what we're looking at. Why did it go away? 
There we go. Man, you need to figure this out, bud. Nah, it's just being difficult. Oh, yeah, they have it in Florida now. Did you know that? Ah, Twin Lakes. That's last right, year was the last year that in Florida. See the guy in the images of uh, the mud pit. <laughs> oh, look, that's what it looks like probably before the mud. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like before the mud. It's a cool. It was a good time. I can't be mad. But it's literally like that's the best. It's just one stage in the middle of a freaking cow pasture. Yeah, it was definitely insane. It, it's definitely. Oh my, here we go. Ever, yeah, that's exactly that's not even that as bad as it was. It looks like, that's like, that's. Everywhere. I don't even think. Oh no, there you go. That's what it was like. <laughs> oh yeah, that's. <laughs> oh my god, I think that's exactly that's 2017. Yeah, that, that looks like no, that's not the um, one that we were at though. Yeah, it is. Oh, that is the Shadow one of Twin Lakes. That's it. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I think like when we first got there, when we first got there and parked the truck and we were going into the concert, I mean like I was trying to avoid the mud holes. It like, was un almost unavoidable as on yeah, our, on, exactly. once we started so to get like, in. So like the first like I want to say like the first fifty yards I walked, I was like, all right, avoiding the mud holes. And then I think at one point we hit something that was like so big that it was like impossible to it avoid. was it was like you so, have to like, walk you through just it. have to walk you through had it. to walk through it i think like people were like swimming in mud holes and stuff like there was some mud holes that were so deep it was insane <laughs> didn't like, that one kid lose his flip-flop i remember oh a lot of Someone people his flip -flop and got stuck and it was just, just the mud went right over it. it was gone it was gone he was yeah, like it's it gone was, it was just like quicksand man it was people were sunk in i saw somebody get pulled out from the mud <laughs> somebody was like waist deep in the mud and had to get pulled out by his two arms like that's ridiculous, dude. Like, how does that even happen? Oh Jesus, it's funny as fuck. There's way too much rain, I guess. Way too much. It's nothing like Florida, but rainy. Yeah. Well, it stays there. At least we have drainage. Yeah, yeah. So you're big into uh, the fishing now. Um, I have been for years. What would be the favorite fish? I know you have. What would be the favorite fish that you catch? What's your favorite one to go for? Uh, the common snook. That's the Florida okay. snook. Why is that the specific one you like to go for? So the snook is like, I guess you would consider it a trophy fish, but the thing is like, you know, like I don't have a boat. Right. So like I can't, I don't really have access to offshore all the time. Mm -hmm. But so with the snook, the cool thing is like you can catch a big ass fish in very little water. And they put up a good fight. They're gorgeous, gorgeous fish. Um, but, you know, it's, I think, like, everybody kind of has, like, their favorite fish to catch. And I think, like, a lot of people say, like, largemouth bass, you know, or, like, whatever the case is. I think, like, the thing with the snook is, like, a challenge is presented towards a snook is, like, because they have weird feeding, you know. And I heard that. I was about to ask that. And it's, like, there's, like, different things that you have to take in consideration with the snook. Which makes it so much more fun. But, like, the thing is, like, you can catch any size snook, really. Like, I've caught, I've caught like, baby ones. Like, I'm talking, like, 9, 10 inches, you know? Mm -hmm. But, like, my personal best is also 42 inches. And they're, like, at 42 inches, that thing doesn't look like a 42-inch fish. Like, it just looks like a fucking dinosaur. Yeah, it looks huge. You know, it, it's just massive. And it's just, like, a crazy, crazy fight. But the thing is, like, you can catch them in a foot and a half of water. 
you know, 18 inches of water, you can catch a fish that big. It, it kind of, it's crazy. Now, why, now what are their, their eating habits? Because I've heard before that they're there's very. No, there's no E. Oh, my it's bad. S-N-O-O-K. I don't know why. It, but anyways, I'm asking about the eating habits with it. That's a huge fish. Wow. Yeah, they're massive. They're absolutely massive. That is awesome. That's a beautiful fish. Yeah, they have like the really, really dark lateral line you see on that side of it. It's like, it's like, it's made out of Sharpie practically. <laughs> I yeah. hear what you're saying. But it, it's an absolutely gorgeous fish and they're so fun to catch. But like if you look everywhere in these pictures, if you notice, all that water is shallow. You see like this guy's on his knees right here. This yeah. guy's ankle deep water. This guy's literally on the beach, not even in the water. You look so happy. Yeah. But what is it that they're fishing? Like I said, I've heard that their eating habits are very picky. Yeah. So um, I don't know this for sure, so you can't quote me on this, but this is like what I've heard from mm -hmm. other people and like different fishermen. Right. Is that they have like this weird like three-day, 12-hour kind of feeding fast okay. in a way. So I guess like for 12 hours – in like three certain days so like say like monday tuesday wednesday for 12 hours like say from 6 a.m to 6 p.m they're just constantly eating just like all the time they're just okay. feeding 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 and then the three days after that from those times they don't eat at all right so it's almost like hibernation yeah. in a sense mm -hmm. where they're eating for three days and then not eating at all for three days so like the thing is obviously to catch a fish they have to eat something of course. Right? Because you gotta the hook's gotta be in his mouth. So if they're not eating, that makes it harder to catch. So now you gotta be thinking like, okay, do I wanna fish that day or do I wanna fish a different spot? Because not every fish is gonna act the same that day, right? So like Right. So reality, they're all on different schedules. Yeah, so in reality you probably could go fish whenever you want for them. But it also comes down to all right, you gotta think of like Oh, like how's this water moving? Is it ideal for this fish to be eating right now? Maybe that's why he doesn't want to eat today, right? Is this water ideal? Is the bait that's coming in ideal for him to be eating? Because like a fish, like a 42-inch snook, most fish, the rule of thumb is like it'll eat something a third of its size, Okay. right? So you're thinking like a 24-inch snook could eat an 8-inch fish fish that that you would use for bait an eight inch fish is probably pretty big for most people like what you would consider um depending on what you're catching but eight inches would be a relatively big fish you know that's yeah. probably average largemouth bass maybe not in florida but or like even the smallmouth bass they're usually about eight ten inches maybe 12 you don't get them that big you know um but yeah the the snook is definitely it makes you I personally think that it makes you become a better fisherman, a better angler, when you fish for a fish like snook because they're very finicky. Okay. Now, I've heard they're also finicky about the specific baits you use. Okay, yeah. Is that so, true? Um, in a sense, in a sense. Uh, you got to like kind of – there's a lot that goes into fishing and like something that's like more advanced is like fishing water columns. So, you have like three different water columns, you know, so you have like a top, middle, bottom. Okay. And that, that basically decides – like where that fish where that fish is eating is basically how you want to fish it. And this this doesn't go just for the snook. This goes for pretty much any other fish. Okay. It's like 
would you be fishing the top column? Would you have your bait in that top column if you know the fish are feeding at the bottom? Right. No, you wouldn't. Right. So, like, that that's another consideration you have to take when you're fishing is that, like, when they feed that way, you have to know, like, okay, like, if I'm using bait, am I going to be fishing bottom with the bait that stays on the top column of the water? You know, it just doesn't, like, just, like, those little things you have to understand for it to make sense. Gotcha. Okay. So do you do more saltwater or freshwater fishing? So I do a little bit of both. It kind of depends. So like, like as, I know they're different. They're yes, entirely different. they're very, very and different. I know because I only know that from my uncle who you've met and talked to you about yep. lake fishing for like bass and such like that. But anyways, go ahead. Continue. I want to know. Yeah, so they're very different. Um, I do mostly saltwater fishing. Uh, I spend most of my time on the saltwater. So... You know, we have saltwater everywhere, everywhere in Florida. Here. So yeah. it ninety six percent of the world. Ninety six point five percent of, of seventy one percent. So yeah. Um the the thing about freshwater fishing is like it's fun too. And I just like don't do it as much. I I think it's cause like it's maybe not available as much to us, you know, like we we only have so many lakes in Florida, you know, or right. we do have a lot of ponds that hold good bass. But at the same time, we got to go to Central Florida for that. Like, we we li- yeah, we have to go Central Florida. For so that's lake that's fishing. a little bit different for us. Um, but I go to school up north, so up north there's no salt water. So in Michigan, I have to do freshwater fishing, and that's what uh, twenty eight weeks out of the year. That's yeah, that's half the year, you know. So like half the year, I'm doing freshwater fishing. Uh, I'm catching a lot of pike, smallmouth bass throughout the year and then during the winter it's really no fishing at all because it's too damn cold i'm not willing to do that um but then when i'm here (laughs) when i'm here i do pretty much all saltwater fishing i'll go bass fishing every once in a while here to catch a florida bass because a small florida bass is gigantic in michigan which is you know there's two different things to it but i also picked up fly fishing while i was in school so when i'm up north in michigan i also go fly fishing so for like brook trout rainbow trout brown trout and that's like definitely a way different experience than saltwater fishing and freshwater fishing, right? So like the type of fishing you do has applications to it, but also you got to be thinking like what kind of experience do you want to take out of your fishing trip, right? If you're going to just catch fish, like, yeah, it, it's going to be easy. Like you want to go catch some bluegill, you put a hook on a worm on a bobber and you throw it out there in a the pond catch a bluegill just enjoy it right or like you if you know anything about south florida fishing you go out there you probably catch some sail cats or whatever you know probably go catch some mackerel whatever there's a lot of fish that are easy to catch in florida you know with just bait not necessarily game fish but like if you want to just eat you can just do that Mm -hmm. but like when you're fishing and when you're fly fishing you know fly fishing is they do it in florida too they do saltwater fly fishing in florida but like up north when you're fly fishing, you're in these big rivers and like the water is not necessarily deep. Obviously, some points it's going to get deep and the water moves fast and whatever. But like in Michigan, like in the old uh, Asable, you're fishing in the mountains and like you see snapping turtles and then you see bears, whatever the deal is. Right. You know, so it's like a whole different experience than just seeing the ocean. Right. Yeah, right. Right. You've got to be a little bit more aware of what you're doing and the element in um, the elements around you yeah in a sense but like it's like something like bears and stuff or like fox or whatever it's not gonna bother you because like you're you're really in the middle of the river fishing so like 
if you're not bothering it, it's not gonna bother you, but like it's definitely like a completely different scene. So like if you've ever fished in Michigan or like uh Rhode Island or whatever, it's a lot different than fishing in Florida. There's basic applications that go the same way, but what you want to get out of that fishing experience, you can get in different places or different styles of fishing. That's my point. No, I got you. I got you. Understand. Understandable. Again, I'm not a very expert fisherman, but to me, I mean, that makes sense. There's, yeah. there's a huge difference. Um, now, what fish would you say that you've put up the biggest, has to put up the biggest fight? Oh, definitely the tarpon. That's what I've always heard. Yeah. Didn't so, you? How big was that one you brought in? I know you brought one in a while back. That was, I think that was two years now. Two years? Oh, I thought I was swore it was a one. It might have been last year. I don't remember. It was my first tarpon, though, so my buddy took me out. Actually, I was with Jack, too. Uh, okay. Not scans, but. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. So we were out there, and they were trying to put me on my first tarpon, because I've never had a, I've never caught a tarpon before. Uh, they were saying, we didn't get, like, any true measurements on it, but, like, having it by the boat, you can, you can kind of gauge it, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're we're thinking it's right around about seven feet, hundred eighty pounds. Wow! So that was uh, probably a two hour fight, and that's with chasing it with the boat, right? So you got to be thinking like I'm reeling as the boat is moving, moving. towards mm-hmm. the fish, and it's still that far out. Right, you got to so, tire it cause, out because it's moving so fast and moving so much, you know. And like you got to be thinking of seven foot fish swimming, it's make, it's making a lot of ground. Oh, yeah. So, and, you know, and there's obviously, like, a little bit of skill behind it, which, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't the best at it. You know, I do a lot Takes of fishing, time. Was I wasn't the best at it. It was my first one, so. But it was definitely super fun. I don't think I've ever been more tired in my entire life, and I've played sports all my life, you know that. And it was just, it was, even though, like, we didn't get, like, a good picture with it, like, on the beach, because we were trying to get it up to the beach and have a nice picture with it, it was still, like, a crazy experience, because, like, we went out, caught this fish, and then it got released, and that's it, you know? And, like, even then, like, you'd think, like, okay, like, oh, like, maybe you want to keep this? Like, obviously, like, with a tarpon, you can't, and with a tarpon that big, you can't even take it out of the water legally, but at the same time, just, like, Fishing for the experience of it and what you want to get out of it makes fishing completely different. And I think that's what, like, a lot of people who start fishing don't understand. Hmm. And I think that's, like, super important. But that was definitely the biggest fight I've ever had. So what do you mean by what you want to get out of fishing? I'm very curious. So, like, I think, like, for me, myself, like, I want to learn more about the water, more about nature. So, like, that's why I like to fish. Okay. So, like, for me, that's why, like, I like fishing in the mountains. I like fishing in ponds and lakes. I like fishing on the salt water. So, like, it, the more I fish, the more I learn about different things because I'm, cause it gives me a drive to learn about certain things that make me fish better. Okay. Right? It's not just like, okay, like, I want to get better at this, but do I really want to get better at this? You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it gives me, like, that passion makes me want to learn it. Right, you found that you want to learn about nature yeah. through fishing. Yeah. Not the other way around, you know, not the other way around using yeah, fishing. Like, I don't want to open a book and read about nature. That's boring. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. I I read fishing books, you know, to learn about. And I've read nature books before, but it's not the same as actually experiencing it at least for me cuz that's not the type of person I am. Right. Okay. You know, people learn differently obviously. Absolutely. I yeah. like learning hands-on and fishing is a way that I do that and learn hands-on 
I definitely think fishing is something you'd have to learn more hands-on, no matter what. I don't feel like that's something I could I could sit and read as many articles and books as I want, but I'm going to have to eventually oh, yeah. get out there and yeah. learn, oh, the book said to do it this way, but it's not working, you know? And then you go, yeah. well, this is the other way to do it, Jacob, and blah, 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 and then throw it out. Mm-hmm. You know, at least that's my opinion. Uh, yeah, there's definitely, just like everything else, there's definitely a learning curve to it, mm-hmm. to where, like, yeah, like, you can learn a lot by reading it off a book, an article, or somebody else teaching you. But, like, you're not going to learn about it until you do it yourself, you know? And, like, it's a lot like, like that and, like, how we were talking about poker earlier yeah. in the car. is like, you got to think, like, okay, like, you can do it this way, this way, this way. And this is how the pros are telling you how to do it, right? But, like, everybody has their own mix on it, right? So, like, I only fish with, like, three different types of baits, Okay. you know? And then, like, I know people who use, like, 15, like I know people who use strictly just one, and it's just it it comes down to what works best for you because at the end of the day it's like what works best for you is probably gonna give you the most success. Yeah, overall. and the most fun time and for you. And the most fun time, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so everyone fishing as a whole gets lopped into like one big umbrella, but then when you get into it, you realize that there's this way of fishing versus that way or this type of bait, this type of bait, this type of salt water versus fresh, mm-hmm. high tide, low tide, would, you know, there's all types of different ways to go about it, but all with the end goal of fishing. Um, that's pretty cool. It's different. That's definitely giving me a different look on fishing. Yeah. Didn't see that. Tony, we got to go out, man. I do. I definitely want to go out for sure. I know you've invited me, but there's <laughs> a lot of times you invite me in the last second and I've already got something I'm going on. Or like today, I was talking to you about it, and you're like, "We want to come." I was like, "I can't. I gotta leave. We go yeah. go an hour south." So well, that's the thing. Like I, like you know, I work a lot and I go to school and whatever. So like, I don't ever necessarily plan out my fishing trips. It's understandable. It's nope. just like when I when I feel like I need to get away, or like when I know like the fishing is gonna be good, and I want to just like be out of the house for an hour or two, whatever the case is. Yeah. You know, like I'm just gonna go out and go fishing. It's like the one thing you can always do you know and like i mean i guess it depends on what you use but like fishing's arguably practically free once you have the stuff you need right right something you can always do so it's like but it's also some yeah like you can always do it 24 hours a day you find a place to go fish you know what place you can go fish you're bored you don't have anything to do go fish you know it it kills time and you can have fun doing it I mean, like, don't go out there and be a bummer because you're not going to have any fun, you know? Like, you have a day where you don't catch any fish and you're out there for two hours. Like, think of it as a learning experience, you know? Like, don't think about it. Oh, like, I went out, didn't catch any fish. Now you're bummed out about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, go out there. You didn't catch anything. Well, like, figure out why you didn't catch anything and then use that for the next time you go fishing. It's a very valuable lesson in life in general, fishing-wise, is like you're saying, like, you just learn from it, take the punches, learn from it, and just come back with a better game plan or a newer game plan. It's very easy to just give up and not do it yeah, anymore. Yeah. But with anything, I mean, with sports, working, stock market, whatever, anything, it's yeah. very easy to take those hits and be like, I'm done or learn from them. Just like you're saying. Yeah. It really doesn't matter what you do is always want to learn, 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 learn. I think that's the biggest thing that changes like people who are good at what they do. And then people who are successful in general, if that makes sense. Uh, absolutely 100% yes because like okay like yeah like you can start this job and you can be good right but then you have this person who's successful and then but the thing is the guys that successful that person can do the job good too 
It's just their They've mindset some extra, of how they do it changes yeah, how yeah. successful They've they are. They've done some extra you know? stuff to learn uh, learn something else about the business or yeah. maybe learn about a competitor so now they have an advantage because they can present the competitor's options and the and their options and com- be able to compare them whereas you're just talking about one thing. Yeah. You know, someone who's good can talk about our product all day long. Someone who's great can talk about both and again bring it back to buying ours, you know, type mm-hmm. of thing. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. There's a level of learning and constantly learning and learning more that brings about success. And that comes with work ethic too. You got to have that drive in you to want to be successful, but when you have that drive, that's when you can start hammering at things and getting an idea or it goes somewhere yeah for sure i mean i think i think it's important to learn things like that when you're younger i mean like i think at our age if you haven't learned it i don't think you're gonna learn it like it's a tough pill to swallow because you hope yeah you know the people you know that are like that uh, learn it because if they do learn it, it can change their whole life around yeah uh, I, and i i'm one i truly believe that if if you have drive and you've got a goal and you've got a plan and you're working hard at it every day whatever it is it could change your life it could, you don't know what that opportunity you don't know what step down along that path can present an opportunity you just got to keep working hard for it and it's going to come I, that's my whole philosophy is if you're working hard in time you can't you know want it today you can't mm-hmm. want it tomorrow you just got to understand that if I keep working and I'm working and I'm working and I'm working, it's going to pay off. Yeah. And I think I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, and I don't even think that like you can say it's an effort thing mm-hmm. or like physical. I don't even, like it's not like a physical thing. I think it's very mental, right? Because like you can be. Uh, absolutely. Like let's yeah. say like you start you start a new job like me recently, right? You start a new job and you're literally at the bottom of the totem pole, right? Yeah. You're like you're doing the grunt work, you're doing all the dumb stuff nobody wants to do. Right. Right? But the thing is, like, if people see you working hard at the little things and like the things that set you apart yeah, from being it, the it, average person it sets at the you job. Apart, exactly. So yeah. in the end it pays off. Like even though like it sucks now, you know, what happens when the guy above you, what happens when he screws up once? Right? What happens when the guy above him screws up once? Yeah. Right? Now now you're looking at, okay, you're jumping up. You're jumping up. You're bettering yourself without even knowing it beforehand, right? Right. Because, like, you're working hard, but, like, the thing is, like, you might not know you're working hard. Your coworker might not know you're working hard, but somebody out there Has knows. Noticed it. Mm-hmm. Somebody knows that you're working hard. Somebody knows that you're making a difference in whatever you're doing. Yeah. And, again, I think that that hard work energy attracts good it just it brings about value it brings about a certain level of coming back to you like you're putting in so much work you're going to get something very productive out of it whether again if it's school it can be straight a's or the degree you want or the the program you want to get into whether it's your job it could be the bonuses you want to make or another promotion or a transfer to you know an area you wanted to be in in the first place you don't know but if you go into that with hard work I just am a firm believer that good things come out of it. Yeah. I, I've seen it. I've put in hard work. Like, for instance, the job I have now, I truly don't think I ever would have got it if it wasn't for one summer I did flooring and construction. Yeah. Which is 
got news for you. Hard work. Respect to all those people because you're out there every day, 6 a.m. to 3, maybe 4, depending on what you're doing. And you're out there in the sun all day and you're roofing, flooring, whatever you're doing. I mean, all those jobs are hard. And I did that, went back to school and did my degree and I was doing that in the summer. And then one of the company I worked for said, hey, you know, we like your background because we do power tools. We'd like yeah. you to come in for an interview. Boom. Like, it's like, okay, who knew? I would never know. I would have never in my life guessed that. I just took the job for the summer. <laughs> I just needed money for the summer. But I worked hard. I worked hard. I did. I remember I was doing, I was only doing about 20 to 4 to 30 hours a week. Plus, I had another job at night. But I would do Saturdays sometimes and get extra money. They'd be like, hey, we need four guys. Come on Saturday. I'd be like, all right. I got nothing to do Saturday morning. I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's go. I'll make an extra 100 bucks. Like, why not? And it's just crazy. Like I say, you don't, you just don't realize that your hard work and small little steps now can affect you so much longer in the out, in the uh, long run. Sorry. (laughs) You just don't realize it, but I think it's there. I've just seen it in me. I've seen it in you. I've seen it in so many other people that they just work hard and it's like, boom, something happens. Like, oh shit, I got like, I got a job doing this. Who knew? Who knew? He didn't even know. He just worked hard. Like, yeah. or you're, you know, like working out. There's guys that they just work out hard, and the next thing you know, they're ripped. Yeah, they're like they're like, yeah, I just you know, I worked hard at it. <laughs> yeah, and like, I think that's another thing. Like for me, for an example, it's like every job I've had, I've had to leave for school. Mm-hmm. Right, so I'm right. gone for months. Yeah, yet it doesn't matter how long I'm gone. I get asked to come back every time. That's a testament you know, to you, absolutely. And, that's like, yeah. it, the, and I think that's the difference because, like, my new company that I work with now, they're doing this thing where, like, they're allowing me to come back the second I get back to Florida, right? And right. They're, they're, awesome. they're <laughs> basically breaking the rules for me. And I don't, I don't, I technically don't have to get rehired, and my probation period is still intact as yeah. it was. So they're freezing me and they're basically writing me a new leave of absence. Yeah, yeah. In in a sense, right? And like at first, like when I got there, I was like, all right, this is like the most BS work I've ever done. You know, like this is this is dumb. Like <laughs> like I really shit. <laughs> like I mean, my manager literally came up and asked me, like, after my first week, he said, On a scale of one through ten, one being the absolute worst job you've ever done <laughs> to ten being the best job you've ever had, you know. And just taking everything in consideration, he told me, be honest with him, that he wasn't going to judge me. I told him it was a three. And, you know, like, but like, even then, even though he knew that I thought it was so low on the totem pole for me, is that I still worked hard, you know, it it didn't matter. These last few weeks, last couple months, whatever, I still busted my ass to be the best in my department. And that's, and that's just like one of the things that you have to do is like, you work as a team right and you don't want to outshine anybody else in a sense Mm -hmm. but you also want to show that effort that you're helping out your team yeah right so like and that can be for anything like whether it's construction or you're in some assembly line or you're in sales you know you want to you want to be not outshining your team but you want to be working with your team to a point where somebody notices that the work that you put in is helping the team out a lot. Yeah, right? it's like a very you're like you're saying you're toting the line of you want to do the best to your ability to make yourself look good, 
but you don't want to make you know obviously you don't do it in a way that makes everybody look bad yeah you're just work you're working hard because you want to work hard if you know again if it makes people look bad that's really not your fault but you're not your intentions aren't to like i'm gonna show these motherfuckers i'm gonna show this and this person you can't go into it with bad intentions either i agree with that but yeah you go into that with that mindset of i'm gonna work hard i'm gonna try my best to help everybody out again if there's collateral damage on the way that's not your intention so you shouldn't feel bad about it but yeah and then they will notice that and again that's just another thing of like good things are gonna come your way like they just because again if you with anything your intentions speak louder than the results yeah and that's in my opinion you if you know your intentions deep down are we're good whether someone twists your words whether whether the job hates you because you did something or some employee hates you is what i mean because you're doing something a different way if you know your intentions were there that's really all that matters and of course you don't try to leave shit bad you try to make amends you try to say your piece but then that's on the other person to whether or not they mm-hmm. accept it and that's not on you if your intentions are good and you're pure at heart with it you're 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 just sitting gold on my standard yeah and i think another thing that it does is like it comes down to accountability right it's like what are you doing when nobody else is looking right yeah are like, you sitting are, around or are yeah you are working? you doing the best you can like okay i'm not gonna lie bro i check my phone you know I mean, everyone checks their phone i check my phone at work all the time but are you but sitting on i'm it, not like, like sitting there <laughs> going through tiktok phone, you know like i'm not texting people all day long yeah. like if i got an important text i'll text them back whatever the case is like i know whatever whenever i have my break i'll use my phone right but the thing is like there's not somebody constantly watching you when you're at work or like even like when you're at school like nobody's sitting there making sure you're studying properly right no one but the thing is are you doing it? Because now if you're not doing it and you're doing something else, at some point somebody's going to notice because down the line it's going to show up somewhere. I, right? I, I could not agree more with what you're saying than than the rest of the fucking podcast. Accountability is probably the number one thing that I think separates successful people from non-successful people in any sense of st- – and I'm not, not get political or anything about it, but just in a mindset of being like – I'm going to own it. Yeah, absolutely. These results are only because I am allowing these results. And exactly what you're saying. School is a big one. I mean, there's a ton. How many college kids do you know that go away and for the first time, they don't have anybody on their ass telling them you've got to do good. You've got to do this if you want X and X. I mean, it, <laughs> it happens. I get it. I mean, my first semester wasn't my best, but you have to become accountable. You can't just blame it on a teacher or yeah. That homework was hard. The, I can't take tests because of this and that. There's there's certain levels I get of people having issues, but then at the same time, you've got to start being accountable. Okay, so you hate, you know, you, you failed the class. How much hours were you putting into it if it's a hard class? Yeah. Oh, the class was so hard. Okay. Well, how long were you studying for, you know, yeah. the exams? Three days. Did you change it at all? No. Oh, well, maybe you should have changed it. Maybe yeah. do a week in advance. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, my perfect story for me is I was in an accounting class and I didn't take it serious. I failed the first exam. At that point, I should have known to change it. I didn't do good on the second exam. And I, then I did try to change it, but it was too late. So I couldn't even get the grades up to what I needed to. Mm-hmm. So I actually had to withdraw from the class. That sucked. Lucky for me, I was already ahead, so I didn't mess up my 
projection. Yeah. But I then had to retake that class before I could move on to business school at all. And I remember going to that class the next time around and I was like, I am not failing the first test. I am just going to go crazy on it from the get go. And I remember locking myself in my room a week before, I think it was like a week and a half before. And I just, just locked myself. I just went, didn't talk to anybody, just was studying every day because I, I didn't understand it the first time. I took it easy. I thought I got it. And I, and again, it wasn't the class, the fact that the class was hard because kids were passing. <laughs> I yeah, was not exactly. putting the work in for it. And I realized after I failed it, I struggle in this class. So I need to step up my put input into the class if I'm going to pass. I ended up getting like an 87 and passing the class. Yeah. But again, every exam, I've, I fucking locked myself in my room for a week and a half. Didn't talk to my girlfriend. Didn't talk to the guys. Didn't, do, didn't go out. Didn't do none of that. I just ate food, went to the gym, studied. And then sure enough, I get to those exams. And instead of panicking, I was like, boom, okay, A, B. Oh, I know how to do that formula. B, blah, 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 blah. You know, and then coming out with an 87 to end the class, I was happy about that. And so, like, you don't have younger siblings, but I do. Right. And and I have a lot of younger cousins. And I, and I see this in younger kids, you know, not that much younger than us but there's definitely a difference that i've noticed and i think like a big thing is like a lot of people now like in the adolescent age you know high school they think that they have like some sort of limiting factor to what they can achieve and like i don't mean to get like political or anything you know but a lot of people think that like okay this is making me not be able to do this Yes. And like I think that's a very false mindset because I think anybody realistically can do anything they want. You know, as long as they're working hard, they put their mind to it, you know. Same and exact like stuff. The same right. thing, like we're talking about accountability, same yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah, it all and it I, all comes together. Yeah, and hard I think work, that's like drift, super drive, important. Accountability. Continue though. Sorry, I meant cut you off. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> But it all comes together. Yes, it does. And it, it you does. were saying it. There are lots of people. I think in our generation and in the younger ones that, like you're saying, they tend they some reason they don't take that accountability. There's always something, and this this has got me nervous. This, I've you know, I, I can't do this because of this, or I can't I can't. They, they use that word a lot. I can't. And you always ask them like, why can't? They, they, some reason it's like, okay. What can you do to com combat it? Like, it's fine to complain about. It. I get it. It's frustrating. There's been times where I complain about stuff. I'm not going to deny it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I realize that maybe there's something I can do differently. Like I said, I complained about that class. Sure, I did. Fuck yeah, I did. Yeah. The teacher didn't help. <laughs> those, 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 those study guides were shit. Okay? Yeah, I fucking complained. And then it was like, all right, I really didn't put as much thought See, into it as I That's the thing, though. You're saying, okay, you complained, right? And you probably complained a second time and a third time. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, like, as much as it brought you down, you didn't quit, right? You didn't give up on it. You kept doing it. You yeah. knew what you had to do. You reevaluated what you had to do. Yeah. And then you did it. And then look where you're at now. You know, yeah. so, like, I think that's the biggest thing is, like, and I think a lot of younger kids can definitely learn about this is the fact that, like, Yes, something you do might suck. Like your parents might put you in Little League Baseball, Little League Soccer, whatever the case mm -hmm. is, right? Like that's probably going to suck. You're probably not going to like it, right? But quitting 
teaches a different lesson than just playing it through. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Right? So anything you do, and like for me, it's easy to relate with sports because I did quit yeah, soccer at one perfect. point in my life. I did quit soccer at one point in my life. But I picked up football and I had a better passion for it and then I played college football. So like that's the thing. is like when you quit, you want to get something out of it if you quit, right? But it's not necessarily the fact that you don't want to get a negative mindset out of quitting. You Correct. don't want to quit because it sucked. You want to quit because you have either passion for something else or you or want to quit because it's going to teach yeah. you a lesson in something. Maybe you've come to the realization that I'm really not good at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, that's true. I mean, that's a big factor too is you do, there's, there's the flip side of what we just said. There's people that might do something and pour their heart and soul into it per se and they're not getting the outcome they, they need to get. Yeah. Then it's like you got to come uh, for examples. I played sports too. I was playing baseball and I swam. I got to a point in baseball was where I was decent at it. Okay. But I got to a point where I just started to not like it. I didn't have the drive to go to practice. I didn't have the drive to do nine innings anymore. Yeah. So I came to the realization of, I just don't like it anymore. And I'm not as first off, and because of that, I'm not as good as these other kids that are out there killing themselves because they love it. There's kids throwing 90 miles an hour. I can barely hit a 70 mile an hour fastball. Like, like, so then yeah, I come to the realization of one, I'm not enjoying it, but two, I really don't have that skill that's going to take me super far in it, anyways. So I'm gonna go do something else I like, you know, or whatever it is. But yeah, there's 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 another flip side of what we're saying of accountability that you can't blindly just go at stuff and not realize you know you gotta you've gotta assess what you're doing yeah i guess it's the best way i'm trying to word it and the other thing is like a lot of people aren't gonna learn something until they try it just like how we're talking about fishing right Mm -hmm. is that like you never know like what you're gonna be good at until you do it right right? and then reevaluate what you're doing and then absolutely get better at it i think college is a perfect example is i have we have friends that we know that we're gonna be the goal, I'm going to be an engineer. They're like, all right, do it. Absolutely. And do it. All the power to you. And they get to Calc 3 and they're like, holy fuck, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. I've taken it twice. Maybe I can't do this. Instead of like, you know, or, or let's put it that way. Let's even let's even broadify it simpler because I'm sure there's tons of people out there that can, that can relate. You want to go to a specific major, you're, having, you're struggling in the two-year classes. The, the, um, the front end class. What is it called? Holy crap! I just do a blank. What's the two-year degree? Associates. So you're, you're struggling to there get go, good grades. You got in, a college degree. Thank you. I do, but I totally forgot what it was called. I've been out for a while, man. But I, you totally forget. I mean, I'm sorry. So you're trying to go for a certain degree, and you're struggling in the lower level classes to get just your associates, or you're struggling to get into these. You're struggling to get good grades in the weed out classes oh absolutely and they are weed out classes if someone tells you someone's a weed out class you better listen (laughs) and pay attention yeah because there's kids that want to be a chemical engineer and they're getting a's and b's in these weed out classes and you're sitting at a low c not saying you can't get it but if your degree asks for a certain level you might have to come to a realization that i don't know if i can get that yeah and and maybe you don't again you got to assess it might take time and I'm not saying don't follow your dreams, but at the same time, maybe the dream is something else. You just haven't realized it yet. You thought because your parents wanted you to go do this and that, that's what it was, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, absolutely. Like, I mean, 
like take me for example i'm pre-med right yes. so originally when i went to school i wasn't gonna do anything medical i hate science i absolutely hate it not gonna lie i like numbers i like math i like stats you know yeah. I, like, I like casinos so keep in mind like that's what i like so i started off business and after that year i was like fuck this man i don't like this this is too linear for me like i i can't do it yeah right it, it's for me it's too straightforward and it, it gave everyone everyone's different so everyone yeah obviously everybody's different but for me that's how it was and i go ahead and i switch into sports medicine which is the, a pre-med track yeah so then going through it it was probably about a year ago that like i realized i'm like i'm barely getting through this now like Mm-hmm. how am i going to get through med school how am i going to get into med school <laughs> yeah right? number one how am i so getting in here's the thing, two, how, how, how am i going to do what yeah, yeah i'm yeah, barely yeah. graduating now so like how am mm-hmm. i going to get into med school so then that's when like i really sat down and like i talked to my peers i talked to my mom and obviously like my mom you know how my mom is she's like yeah. she's not going to tell me what to do she's going to give and you both sides yeah she's going to be like okay like i mean you have this and you have this or whatever and then she's going to make me choose on my own because she wants me to Choose your path. Yeah, it's not. It's not her path. path. It's your path. Exactly. So she wants me to like yeah. learn my own mistakes, basically. Of course, which in, is the most valuable lesson. Which is a very, very good well, lesson, which absolutely. I'm so thankful for. And so that's why, like, I've resorted to doing medical sales, right? Because now I don't have to go to school anymore because I really don't want to. But then I also have that medical background yeah. that I've been doing for the last three and a half years that I can take into it. And the thing is, like, the company I'm trying to do my the rest of my life with my career in a sense right is they do sports medicine products they do like knee braces you know yeah, so right up your so that's something i've grown up with like i know knee braces i know ankle braces whatever the case is you know like but like sports and just like sports medicine in general is something i'm passionate about so it, it's just like i think at some point it falls down and it becomes very clear to a lot of people but like i think definitely for some people it takes longer time to figure that out and sometimes some people just don't take that step back to look at things yeah and that's that's a big thing thing. that is again i sell it what you want but that's also falls into that accountability category is you knowing yourself or just being able to sit with yourself and think about that and then being and then being accountable to that, <laughs> you know, you realize that this isn't working. Then what are you going to do? Complain about it, or are you going to yeah, hold yourself accountable absolutely. and go change it? Um, and you're a perfect example of that. I mean, I, I know other people who they were wanting to get a degree in math, mathemati- mathematician, math, mathematics, mathematics, mathematics. Math. But they wanted to be a mathematician. Is what I was trying to say. And they did it, and they did okay in the first couple math classes. And then they started to waver and. Oh, this is hard. Okay. I've got these core classes. What else is with these core classes can I do that I might like? Oh, I really liked this class. I liked, oh, I really liked psychology one and two that I took as electives. All right, I might, and I've got the prereqs where if I go to try to get a full psychology degree, I can also waver into this and this one. Um, And now they've got a whole new plan. Now I'm no longer doing math. Now I'm no longer a mathematician. I'm going to try to go for my psychology degree. Oh shit! I love these first two classes. I love these next five classes. Yeah. Fuck yeah! I'm gonna be a psychologist. And, yeah, and that's the thing. <laughs> next thing you know, when when you love those classes, you have more drive to learn, right? 
and I think that is the key. And I think right there about college. Yeah, and I think I think that's the oh thing. Like, God. that's good with college, is that you think like when you're a freshman, you're like, oh man, I gotta take this distribs class. You know, like you gotta take all these different classes that yeah. you have. You think you have no interest in, right? You're thinking like, shit, why the hell do I want to take nutrition? But like, yeah. I have to. You know, whatever. You have to take all these dumb classes that they're asking you to take, and you really don't want to take them. But then, like, that's the thing. Like, you get to your second year. And you're, like, really struggling starting your major, you know? Like, I think that's where people really start to, like, figure out, like, damn, like, I'm barely passing Mm -hmm. this Mm entry-level class. Like, what, but what did I like? So, that like, for me, that's why I use nutrition because I loved nutrition. I I absolutely loved it. And my professor was absolutely awesome, you know? So, like, that's how I got into the pre-med track. But, like, I think that's a big thing. It's, like, it's, sometimes it's, like, when you're too driven or like when you're too straightforward or tunnel vision, you know, you're like thinking like, okay, I have to do this. I have to do this. This is what I told people I did. I want to do. And I have to do this. But like, sometimes you just got to take a step back and just look at the bigger picture and look outside the box for a second, because it's like, you never know. Analyze, take a step back, figure. yeah, Yeah. Analyze that situation. And just, I think it definitely changes your life. And I don't think like you've grown into a mature mindset until you've been able to do that and learn that skill. And like, I'm not going to say like, I think like I possess that skill, but like, have I mastered it? No, I definitely not. No, and no, I don't no. think, I don't think in your entire life, if you live to 200 years old, whatever the deal <laughs> is, right. In your entire life, I don't think you can ever learn a skill like that to its full potential because the thing is like you're always growing in one way or another and there's going to be different tracks of your life that you take and you're not going to understand it until you take one or the other path, right? You don't know if until you go left or right. But but being able to step back and analyze the situation and be accountable for it and then change it if it's not working is what so many people I think just don't do and don't realize they get stuck and the next thing you know they're in year three or four they're not close to getting the degree they want and they also are too far to go back and now they're like i've got debt i've got this i don't know what i'm doing and that's when things can go south super quick i mean yeah yeah, at the end of the day you got to have that plan and and i want to circle back around that you had said and i think that is one of the most valuable things that i even was very underrated with about college is those first two years you probably have the most fun. (laughs) And if you can get past having the most fun though and really look at them, you can have a better idea of where you want to go, what you want to do as well. I mean, that's what we were really saying. It's just where you, what you want to do because you have the opportunity those first two years and it's going to be BS because you're like, this is just like high school. I'm just taking random classes. Not even in my major. I remember being so mad at that. Why the hell am I in philosophy? Yeah. Okay. What the hell does that have to do with my marketing major? I was pissed. But now looking back, exactly what you said, it broadened my field. And I did good in this and bad in that, average in that. And I could now I could, okay, I'm better at this. So let yeah. me luckily for me, I picked a great degree because I was good at that stuff. I was I, and I loved it. And that's what I would my huge advice is take those two years and analyze it and figure out what you did good and what you didn't do good and and what you think will make you happy. I got lucky and I picked 
I knew I wanted to do business. I didn't know what in business. I picked marketing because I thought it was super generic. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, I can do anything with marketing. Why not? I picked marketing, and when I got into my marketing classes, I loved them. My grades were through the roof because I enjoyed what I was learning. And that's something that speaks volume and should speak volume to anybody going through stuff in colleges. If you're trying to get into your major and you're about to graduate or whatever and you're not enjoying those classes that are going to be your degree and pretty much the building blocks of your career, there, there, there might be an issue, you know? Yeah, and I think like, I think it goes both with college kids and maybe like graduating high schoolers or like maybe high schoolers in their junior year. Because like now I think there's from when we when we were graduating, right? That's when they just started doing like STEM programs. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. That was huge. Like, Everyone everyone's parents like, was like, be in the STEM. Yeah, exactly. Be so now but now it's like a huge, huge thing where like it's important to be in STEM. It's like there there's a mindset behind that, but like in reality, I don't think there is because like yeah, like being in these STEM programs is good. You're gonna get into a good school. But like if your parents are asking you to do that and you really don't want to do that, like say you like fixing cars, right? Yeah. Like fix cars. Go do to it. trade school. Do it. It's do something you love because it ends up being better for you. You're gonna learn more, you're gonna yeah. be more successful because you have that drive. You have yeah. that passion. And it's a lot different when you don't like something because like I hated business. That's why I didn't care for those classes at all. Right. I and, and you realized it. <laughs> I didn't go to them, nothing. But I love learning about ankle injuries for whatever reason. I love learning about ACLs, you know. It, and it's like right. I would have never thought that six years ago. But look where I'm at now, you know. I'm, that's what I learn about every day of my life. Right. And and, and, and I don't want to put like too much pressure on people in high school and stuff. It's very hard at that age to be able like, yeah, have an no. idea of what you want to do. Yeah, for sure. Again, I think I'm pretty different in that aspect. I was like, I want to do business. I know I want to do something business. And I picked marketing because I didn't know. That is one thing I will say. If you have an idea of what you want to do and you can hone in on that idea. Mine was business. I've had other friends that wanted to do some type of engineering. I've had other friends that want to do some type of cybersecurity work. You can hone in on it. If you can hone in on that, you can at least set yourself on the right path because for the business school, I had to just take the same basic classes. And most of the other schools are like to take, you take the basic core, you know, chem ones, uh, engineering one, mathematics, you know, algebra, pre-algebra. You take those basic classes and then from there, you go a little bit in more specifics and you say, oh, oh, I don't like chemical engineering. I don't like that. Too much chemistry. I don't like chemistry. Okay, well, let's do a mechanical. You know, that's different. Or at least I think it is. I could be wrong. <laughs> but but my point is, is like for me, it was so easy that I honed in on business. And, I, and of course, they're saying you have to pick something. Okay, fine. I'll pick a generic one. But then when I got into those classes and you're in those last two years, it's very easy for you to switch within that school. Yeah. As long as that's what you want to do because those classes are very similar. Um, at least the, the base classes. The yeah. Starting and I would, again, that's like year two, year three, maybe year three. Yeah, I would say. The, the first I'd say year three is that cutoff. Yeah, on when you start your I, major, I truthfully believe that year three is that cutoff. If things aren't going well for you by year three, drop that, out. I, no, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Don't I mean, do that. I mean, I'll be honest with you. With that is my whole opinion on dropping out. I don't think. I don't think that matters either in today's day and age. I don't, and I and I'll fight that tooth and nail. A lot of people are gonna probably hate that, but I think the internet has brought in our opportunity than more people have ever thought about. Our parents did not have the internet. They did not have the opportunity that we have. 
if you can figure out the internet and figure out how to make money on the internet, you do not need to go to college. Yeah. I didn't realize that till year three when I was done. So at that point, I might as well, I have fucking two months left. Why yeah. would I drop out now? I'm going to get yeah. my degree. And but if you can realize it and work hard at it, do it. And I think that's the other thing. It's like, you got to be thinking like year three is like a weird year. I would say because like that's when like you're really starting getting into your major and like that's mm-hmm. probably Agreed. the time where you want to start dropping out because you get kind of lazy year three year four but the thing is like sometimes you got to think like okay i've spent this much money the last three years the last five semesters on school right so now, like, now you got to think like is it feasible for me to drop out or do i just work harder and finish it out right because, like, you don't want to be going to school for three years and not make anything, not necessarily not make anything out of it, but you don't want to have to pay for that degree when you don't have that degree. Right, or go and have to go extra. Exactly. You, you know, you have a four-year degree, and now it's going to take five and a half. There's there another one. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the average that people graduate in is four and a half years for college. Okay. Um, so, like, you're thinking, like, most not people really. are at four years, and then most people are, and then... The other half of the people are at five. So that means four and a half is right in the middle, right? So right. in reality, four and a half is not bad. You're paying an extra semester. And odds are you're probably not taking that many classes. No, you're probably not. I'm looking up right now. What is this? What? It doesn't, I don't, that doesn't, that didn't answer our question. Well, uh, okay, I, I okay, took the wrong thing. Well, you can go off of that. That's all to kind of. Uh, wait, we want to know the how many years? Yeah. Average years to get something. Yeah. The bachelor's. So it takes nearly six years, is what they're saying. Holy shit! In two thousand twenty. What? I think that's a little high. I think it's a little high as well, but I think I know what they're taking in consideration, and I think they're considering the fact that when you're in your second and third year, all you're trying to do is change majors for whatever reason, for most people at least. But I went. I go to a liberal arts school and. I'm honestly blessed with that because I personally did not know what I want to do, right? I mean, like, I had an idea of what I wanted to get into, right? But that's just... <laughs> the number one, I'm sorry to cut you off, but the number one reason is as breaking the four-year myth, why students are taking longer to graduate. Number four is lack of a clear plan. <laughs> we were just talking about that for half an this hour. This is literally what we were just talking about. So... Okay, apparently we're different than the other fucking forty-one percent of people. But yeah, um, that's hysterical. I'm no, sorry. That's what we do. Change of majors yeah, is number two. That should be the and number one. That reason. should be number one. That and, should be number one. Uh, that change of universities know. makes sense. That goes. That goes back to number one, though. I've had people do that. It's like, why are you taking that class? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? <laughs> some people do just for the credits, man. Some people I mean, do as there's grade a boosters. There's a difference. Yes. And that all falls back into lack of a, a lack of yeah. a, a clear plan. Really, well, I, mean, I mean, it's it's it's. Well, mm. the thing with that one is like, going back to what I was saying is like, 
I go to a liberal arts college where you're required to take like however many classes in every single department they got. Right? That's good. See, that's very so, good because, it, like, again, what we're saying is it allows you to kind of diversify yeah, your idea and your it, brain. It get, allows you to yeah, see like something else. Yeah, from a love. different perspective. Right, right. So, like, my history, one of my history professors, my world history professors, he called me into his office one day, and I was like, I was asking him something, you know, but he was talking to me. He was like, "You seem really passionate about this stuff." Well, little does you know, like, I do not like history. Like, <laughs> I, I was it. not trying to go to that class any day, you know. But he was telling me like how much it looked like I liked it, you know. I mean, I'd ha- I hate to break it to him, but I don't. Right, right. But that's the thing. It's like you never know what you might like until you actually do it. So like I didn't think I'd like science until I actually did science in a college I, setting. I, again, I, I, totally, I totally agree with that. But there's a certain, at least in my head, and I could be wrong, but there's a certain level of I should try everything, you know, and not be able to like you got to hone in on something yeah yes and you got to and you got to dip your toes in early yes rather than later so in year one you take a variety of classes and maybe the first half of year two because year two spring semester you've really got to start you got to start getting into the school yeah you have to be decided you pretty much do have to be decided but you have to like, well, you have to be get ready to in those, those core classes right right you have to be able to get into those core classes of whatever degree that is so you have if you're lucky, you get in summer. I believe it or not, that's probably the best case scenario. I did not want to go to summer, so let's just freshman fall, freshman spring, freshman summer, okay, sophomore fall. You've got those four semesters to broaden what you can to figure out what it is you really want to do. If you're in a circumstance you don't think you know, again, and you might want to again, if you think you know what you're doing, want to do, that's awesome. Take the, what you need core wise to get that out of the way, and try. You know, and try a few other extra classes just to see. Absolutely. But have those building blocks so that way you don't get one caught behind, or two, you can realize this isn't for me. Something, you know, I'm not doing good in the core classes. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta figure something out. Or just realize, you know, you're again hold yourself accountable. Maybe it isn't the classes. Maybe it's me not trying hard. You know, I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a cool topic to talk about because I don't think it's talked about enough between... I think it's talked about it. Like, it's barely, barely talked about it at all. Yeah, and I, and I think the hard thing is, like, nobody necessarily wants to... I don't want to say that nobody wants to guide you, but in a sense, it's like the way people guide you is, like, almost not appealing to you necessarily it's very that's the other thing i always i I've always told people this if they do come for me for advice because they're like hey you got out really quick you were able to get your classes in order and blah blah, blah. And, and again part of that is i i did account for like i planned i would go visit the advisor two three times making sure these are the classes i need to take so i can be in this this and this next semester like i i did i remember sitting down my sophomore year and planning out the next two years yeah because i was like i need to know what i, I need to know what i have to do so that way I don't, one, I see my plan. And then two, I know, okay, I need to get a grade in this class to get into this class. I mean, that's, that's just like, to me, that's just like something you need to know if it's yeah. for your major. How do you not know your requirements? Like freshman year, I knew I needed like a three, I think it was actually a 2.9. It was a 2.9, yes. 2.9 to get into business school mm-hmm. by year two. That's all, I, and, and then these, and then it was, then they had a list of these classes you need a 75 or above in. Yeah. 
I knew that and I could tell at the time I could tell you the GPA. I know the GPA still. I could tell you what classes at the time out the back like the back of my hand because I knew I needed those to get into what I wanted Absolutely. to do next. That's a big thing too. You need to know. You gotta know. And I would tell people that's another huge thing for college students is use your advisors. And yes, when you use yes. your advisors, you need to ask the hard questions because they're not gonna walk you through it unless you ask. Yeah. They will not. They would even they wouldn't some there are some out there that will not tell you not to take to, you know, to, to not take that that class is worthless to you for what you want to do. There are some out there that just want to they just have an advising job they don't care about the kids they just have an advising job. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to take those five classes? Sure. So that's a huge thing. You have gotta ask those hard questions. If I don't get into business school by then, what is my option? Again, I had that setback in with my accounting class where I had withdrawn, so basically failed it, and had to retake it. And I went in and going, oh my God, because I knew I had to, I had to pass that class to go on to business school. And I was like, fuck, I just messed up my entire like plan to get out in, yeah. in X amount of years. So I went to advise and I said, what are my options here? What are, your, what are my options? And I, it wasn't until like the second time I went, the lady goes, a, a different lady, and I started going to that lady all the time because she would answer the hard questions I had. I just, I was like, I need to take this class next semester. I'm already supposed to going into my core classes next semester though. I know I can't take them at the business school. Is there any other options? And she looked at it and goes, you have to get into that accounting class and you need to take it next semester. The loophole that you didn't know, that I had no idea about until I talked to her was I could take my core classes, some of them online. There were some business classes in the business school that were held online so the loophole there was I'm taking them online. I'm not in the business school at all. Yeah. I would have never known that unless I had said, what are my options? Because I, if I do, I'm not going to stay up in FSU and take one class. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely not going to pay for four to sit around, you know, four bullshit classes yeah. just yeah. to have an extra four credits. So I went in and asked and she gave me that option. Yeah, you can take those on. You, you can take some of these online. You got to figure out what three you want to take online. And try to get into them as soon as possible because... That's the only way you'll be able to move on. So, I, yeah, I, I took my accounting class the next semester, and I took three core business classes that I that would be technically considered third and fourth of your classes online and was able to do it See, that's, and move on. That's funny how you said, like, you have to talk to your advisors and ask them about the hard – you have to ask them the hard questions because I think um, for me personally, I feel like sometimes advisors are kind of straightforward – because the school trains them to have you go in a certain direction, mm-hmm. certain route, yep. and have to take certain courses, right? Absolutely. Now, understanding your own requirements and understanding what to ask your advisors, also, it, it's super important because the thing is, like, there's courses where, like, maybe you don't have to take or, like, maybe you can take two courses at the same time, mm-hmm. even though one's a prereq to the other. Because that happens sometimes. Yes. Yeah. And, and you might so not you know. you can take concurrently courses. And yeah, that's like something that you want to double check with your advisor because it's important. And I think another thing that's really important with your advisor is like sometimes you have to think of your own way around things. Right? Because sometimes they think about it one way. Mm-hmm. And like there's, I mean, there's almost always something like there's a way around almost everything. You know, so... Sometimes you have to be like, okay, like, what if I do this, this, this? Will this work? You know? Absolutely. I actually be, agree with that, yes. Will this be allowed? Mm-hmm. Will this work? Because that might be, A, a better plan for you coming, like, so say, like, if you have, like, say, for me, like, I had football in the fall, right? 
I knew I was more focused in the fall because of football. Even though I had less time, I knew that because I had less time, I had to be more focused in my classes. So my first advisor that I had, she thought that I'd be more focused in the spring semester. Right. Right. And ended up messing. And it ended up being worse, worse. for me. Mm-hmm. So like I knew that I had to stack my harder courses that still required a lot of time. But the, the pressure fall. was on the same way. When I had stuff I had to do outside of school, my school grades went up because I exactly. had this limited amount because of time. And it was know. like, I have to study tonight. It exactly. was like a do or die moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I took all my other courses outside of this season, which is definitely like, that's not what they think about. Because sometimes they're like, okay, you should take this course first to kind of get your toes wet for this course. Yeah. But like, it maybe not always that way. Maybe right. like, if you know you're prepared for this course, then... Take that course when you know you're going to be focused and locked in. Like, give yourself that drive. And another aspect on that I would like to point out is, again, that's learning yourself in a sense. But I remember going in and asking her, what are the hard classes in my major? What are, what are Which ones are, per, like, known as the hard ones? Oh, it's this one and this one and this one. So, okay. Then I asked, you know, what order do I need to take them in? Is, is there an order? Um, I would recommend that one first, but then the other two we can do whatever. Okay. And then I was like, I want to space them out every semester. <laughs> Yeah. I only, and, I, and not that, again, some classes are hard, some are known for being hard, and other classes are just classes. I put, I spaced out for my major by just going in and talking to her that I never had to take two of the harder classes in my major at the same time. Yeah. I just spaced them out. I, one every semester. So my last semester of college, I had to pass, I don't even know, finance? I don't even know. That was all I had to pass. It was the only class that really mattered because it was the hardest one. So it was the only one I really had to focus on. I think it was finance. I don't remember, but it was, my point is, is I just, and that was like easy to just coast right through stuff. Cause I spaced the hard stuff out and I know kids that are stacking up chemistry and, and physics one on the same semester. I'm like, you're Absolutely. out of your damn mind. I, more power to you. I hope you pass them and I wish you the best, but you've taken your planning and made it. Now you've made some semesters so hard that you're not even, you might hate school. You might not have a life. Mm-hmm. I knew someone that was taking like Chem One, calculate pre-calc, and and then like a physics class or some other or oh it was um, bio it was a really hard bio one, like organic organic chemistry and then bio two I think, and then microbiology was it was sorry it was all over the place microbiology chemistry and like calc at the same time it was like bless your soul that's gonna be a hard semester. Yeah, and more power to you if you can do For it. Because sure. then you, if you can do it, you've proven yourself. You can do a lot more than you think. Yeah, and um, of course, and then hard, I think, hard. I think, I think subsequently, every semester after that, it's probably going to be easier for you, especially when you have a lighter load than that semester, right? Because now you're like thinking, like, all right, I did all this, like I can do this, and I think it maybe comes down to your mentality is like I did all this, so maybe you might slack off depending on who you are, but at the same time, like if you know you can do that, like, I mean. And, Sky's the limit. Yeah, and I will say this: it's where, uh, business school. I think I could have managed those two or three classes if I had to take two of them in the same semester. Because business school, truth be told, I don't think the business school is that hard. <laughs> I yeah. don't think it is. It, um, but there's our degrees that are a lot harder, and a lot of them are medical or scientific, where you're going to have to take, you know, chem, bio, chem two, bio, organic chemistry, microbiology other you know animal classes or something like that that are hard and a lot harder than any business class i've probably ever taken in a sense because i'm not big into science but 
and you know you have to go so into detail on some of those because you have to know everything for whatever that Absolutely. degree is there might be and that's something that person had to come to, needs to come to terms with or you know has to is that you've chosen a degree that is significantly harder than a degree i chose yeah and you might have to you might be there might be no other way around taking two hard classes at once mm-hmm. there might be a hard way there might be a way around taking four at the same time but again you plan it out you've accepted that you're going to have to take your hard classes you might have to take two at the same time now it's up to you do you put that work in or not absolutely it's tough it's tough i mean because their degrees are so different and i I, again i i'll be straight i think my degree is one of the easier ones i'm not gonna lie yeah but i loved it so it was easy that also is one thing i'll say is i loved what i was doing i I didn't feel like school was a burden at all now i have a marketing homework okay i got marketing homework maybe i didn't like reading it but other marketing homework i didn't care that's a big thing too. It doesn't feel like a burden if you're liking it, but it's it's, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, for sure. But we've got we've got some shock good advice for college kids. That's just stuff isn't for, talked about. Yeah, for younger college kids. Um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I don't think that's the thing, bro. I don't remember like when I was a freshman or a sophomore. I don't remember like a recently graduated student talked to me like that. And like it, never, it, I would it give advice would have to been anyone. So nice to know, you know. Like, yeah, I, I mean, any anybody who's about to go to college or I did, I remember to gr- late yeah, in yeah. high school, you know. Like, if they want to mm-hmm. talk, I'm so down for it because I think learning about other people's experiences not necessarily would change yours, but it will give you help on like exactly how you want to start yeah. your life. Most and, college kids want to look back at college and talk about the fun shit they did and yeah. tell everybody how great of a time. Oh yeah, you don't love that school. I had a great time. Oh, that major. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Did you go to that bar on Thursdays? Yeah. And you're like, that's great. I think, yeah, I agree. Uh, if we can start changing that narrative of people helping and giving advice, there might be a lot less people getting into debt, a lot less people changing degrees late, a lot less people not having plans. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like, you know, I'm in a fraternity. So, like, when somebody asks me about school, I don't talk about partying or going out to the bars or whatever. Like, I talk about my experiences. Okay, like, I failed this class. I'll tell you why I failed this class. You know, or like, this is why I chose yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. What are you taking? You know, I always ask that. What are you taking? Oh, I'm doing this. Okay, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. I, I do ask some of those. I remember some of the some of the uh, girl, guys and girls in the grade below us coming to on my college, and I would I'd talk to them about it. I'd be, what are you taking? What are you planning on taking? Oh, I've heard that's very hard. Be prepared for that, you know. I, and I don't know if. I have no idea if anyone, any sisters or brothers in the fraternity ever really talked to him about that. I'm sure they shared information. I think it was more of like that. That's kind of like a fraternity's work. Some of the sororities were. It was more of like, oh, you're taking that class. Here's my notebook from last year. Yeah. That's it. Not telling, you know, oh, yeah, if you don't like, if you don't, you need to take that class before you take that class. You know, I've heard very few conversations like that. But anyways, we've we've provided for the last like hour. <laughs> A shit ton of information for uh, college students and all that. Hopefully, people actually listen through all that. People are gonna listen to everything. There's a lot of rambling right there. Nah, that was that was chock full of information. They gotta make it. They gotta make it past the first hour of talking about country thunder and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I'll put a disclaimer in the the front. No, but that but um that was I like the way that ended. There was chock full of information that, like we just said, people don't necessarily hear and they need to hear. Absolutely. Anyways, Absolutely. Glad to have you on. You gonna come on again sometime? Thank you. Oh, always. You had a fun I'm time. Always. And we can talk about whatever. We did have a fun. T- I had a fun time. I had a great time. All right, man. Peace. Deuces.